bow our heads. Lord Jesus, we love you tonight and we believe your every word. When you said you would be with us, two or three of us would gather in your name, you would be there. Then we believe you're here tonight. We believe you have a word specially prepared for us from your heart to deliver. No matter what vessel or gift might deliver it, it's the message. It's from your life and what you know we have need of for this hour and this season and this time that we're living in. And we raise our hearts in worship tonight, praying that you would strengthen the weary, strengthen every life, every individual, strengthen our church, Lord, and the mission that is ahead for us. The unspoken request, as I'm sure most are unspoken, hold them in our hearts and we pray. But we believe that you hear every single prayer, every thought that we think, every word that we say, everything that would go through our hearts, you know all about it. Jesus, may the word of God be strong to prepare us for this season as we remember the winter camp and what's coming up on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. May every part, Lord, be filled with your spirit and you get inside of all the mechanics and may the dynamics, Lord, bring to pass exactly what we have need of. Break your word tonight, Jesus, to us. Bring healing in that word, spiritual, soul, spirit, and body. We just love to gather like this and remember the saints in China that cannot gather like this. Just pray that there would be no virus or no sickness come upon any brother or sister but by your stripes they are healed they are free of any virus any condition may the blood of Jesus Christ that has been shed atone for the saints thank you Lord come near to the word tonight in a special way we invite you Lord amen amen Daniel chapter 3 in the Old Testament God bless you Thank you, musicians. So nice to be here on a Wednesday night and have the Lord minister right before winter camp. We're just all prepared now. Nice to have Sister Adriana Pruitt here. Amen. Somehow it just happened to land right on winter camp. Amen. That's kind of ironic. But we welcome you and and, uh, just pray the Lord will have his way tonight. We want to just get right into the uh, mind of the Lord. Daniel chapter 3, as we look here, starting at verse 16, was the time that Nebuchadnezzar had challenged those to uh, worship him, worship the image that he had uh, put up. And if you look in verse 14, Daniel three fourteen, 14, uh, the music had already played in the verses before, but now they some had came and told them that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was not serving his gods or worshiping the image. And we see that in verse 14 and verse 15. Now he's saying when you hear the music that you are to, to bow. Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, 
Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let it not be a story tonight, but this is really you and I. In this day, in this hour. Verse 19, Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats and their hosen and their hats and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. So right away we see the supernatural. Uh, the king's most mighty men, they actually died. But God was going to show his presence with the believers. And these three men, verse 23, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down, bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast... Three men bound into the midst of the fire. They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Praise the Lord. Can can we say praise the Lord together? This was an unbeliever saying this. This wasn't a believer. This was the king. Didn't we cast three in? Yes, O king. I see four walking. And they're free. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace. And spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes and governors and captains and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power. Now, Brother Branham applied this to our day. We can go through this hour and not have the smell of smoke on us. But watch how the testimony continues. Upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Hallelujah. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel. And delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any God except their own God. Let that be the battle cry coming into winter camp. That is our God. 
God bless you. You can have your seats tonight. And I know this is a midweek service, but uh, this is the service that's before our winter camp. And I'm just holding tonight, and I'm actually speaking on the at the pulpit tonight with the list of the camper list and the counselors and all the kitchen staff and the tech brothers, the deacons, the ministry, the directors and administrators and those in the music. And I know that uh, this church body is behind what the Lord is doing. And Sunday morning, there'll be a service here at the church and, and uh, the camp will be having the service there. There'll, there'll be more here than at the winter camp. But I think it's very good to just, uh, don't just prepare those that are going to camp, but to prepare all of us. And we thank the prayer warriors. And uh, we are supporting the parents and the grandparents and the leadership of the church. All of us together, we're a body and we're going forward together. So we just want to mention those couple comments about camp. Many preparations have been made. Much effort has gone into it. Much planning and expectation is happening. Um, their boxes are already ready in the chapel. As soon as the service is closed, they'll be crossing the border. You know, but we can have all the mechanics in order, but we need the dynamics. And I, we just pray together that the Holy Spirit will be in every heart in life. Spiritually, naturally, and just in every way that God would have His way. Now, to you that have your Bibles open tonight as we look at Daniel chapter 3, and tonight we're speaking on a committed trust. And it might just seem like an unusual um, title uh, to take for uh, like a pre-camp service, but it's just, uh, I want to speak on commitment, and I want to speak on trust. And we took this opening scripture, Brother Michael Ray and I were speaking Monday and just fellowshipping about this scripture in particular in Daniel chapter 3 and the verses that we read. How would you have felt as a believer if this had happened to you? I want you to get right into the scripture tonight. If you had been Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and this had happened to you, how would that have make, made you felt to have the fourth man come down and witness that I'm with you? Right. I, I want you to see tonight and let this be the attitude approaching our winter camp and for our whole church. God was showing by his personal presence in the fire that I am here. Amen. Amen. God came down. Remember these brothers' uh, testimony in verse uh, 17 and 18 was that our God's able to deliver us. But if he chooses not to, if he doesn't come, we're still not going to bow. These men had a trust in God. They were 100% committed. And remember, they'll never forget that there were thousands of believers that had been taken to Babylon, that bowed to the image. Brother Branham said the image was Daniel. So they could have said, well, we're bowing to God in Daniel. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a revelation. And God came down and was with them. Tonight I want you to sense in your heart what you would have felt like to have been one of those brothers and have the fourth man come in the fire with you. How would that have made you feel after all of the shame 
that they had tried to pour on you. If you don't bow, if you don't give in and at our music, at our atmosphere and at the spirit of Laodicea, we're going to destroy you. We're going to turn up the fire seven times hotter than in any other age. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were undeterred. They were walking up the gangplank. They were looking at one another. They didn't know if God was going to deliver them. But they knew for one thing. They were committed. They had a trust in God. Tonight, God came down and showed to these brothers that I am with you. I'm not ashamed To be identified with you. Would we all agree tonight. That he came unexpectedly. He just appeared. He just appeared there. There was three of them. And all of a sudden. The fourth man that was like the son of God. But God was saying very publicly. I'm not ashamed of your believing. In fact, Gabriel, step aside. Wormwood, step aside. Michael, in this case, step aside. I'm going to come down myself and show to these brothers that I am with them. Because you have trusted in me. This is what the Lord was saying to these brothers and what he wants to say to you in your testimony. Because you have trusted in him. Because you have yielded your life to the Lord. Because you've looked beyond all the shame and all the mockery even of those around you. And even of the, of the your peers we would say. God was saying because you have committed your life to me. I will come down. And friends that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. To have Jesus Christ come near to you and I is the greatest thing. Tonight, just at the first of the service, what did it do to these three Hebrew children when they walked out of that fire? I can guarantee you one thing for the rest of their life. They didn't need a bunch of patting on the back and cheers from everybody to try to encourage them to serve the Lord. They had a personal experience. God came behind their commitment and proved to the world and proved to them, I am with you. So what kind of effect did it have on them to have God stand with them? And I want to say tonight, God wants to stand with you. God wants to back up your testimony. It's not looking to someone else or down the row or someone in my peer group or someone else in the church that's maybe gone through a battle and you look up to that. That's wonderful. But now God is wanting to turn to you and stand with you when they were bound When they were all bound, God was with them. They were thrown into the fire with the hosen and their clothes and with the ropes that were tied or chains, whatever they had on them. But when at the end of it all, those things were burned off and the Bible says they were seen walking around. You know, friends, that's nothing but a miracle. As Brother Andrew said tonight, you are a miracle. To be walking around Laodicea and the form of the one that's with you is like the son of God. Hallelujah. The angels are camped around those that fear him. That have committed their life to him. Uh, Praise God tonight. I mean, just take these words as an encouragement to each one of you. When they were being shamed, God was standing to back them up. 
When they were nervous and when they did not know what was going to happen in the future, God was wanting to, looking for an opportunity to come down and show himself. Now tonight, let's look at this word committed and committal, uh, commit and, and trust. These, these two words as committed. Committed means more than just to be dedicated or to be loyal. These are words that we don't see a lot of today in the world to be loyal or to be dedicated. To be devoted or to be a staunch. You'd say I, that person is a staunch believer. They, they believe in the Lord. They're steadfast. They're undying. It just, no matter what comes by their way, they are a committed believer. I, I want to be a committed believer. It means more than that though. To commit means to give up everything. It means to release everything in your personal life and let something go. I'm committing. It's a committal. Let me just read what Brother Branham said about this in life story. He said, the greatest weapon that I know of, of a Christian today, is a committal to God. Is that incredible? The greatest weapon that you and I could have is a committal to God. Just commit it to Him. As long as you're uh, going to do it, he said, and he's talking about a person with an attitude that is hooked up with certain things, and 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 that's the way it is. As long as you're going to do something, if someone talks about you, you talk about them, God can't fight your battle. He said, you're fighting your battle. You're fighting it yourself. Just let loose and let him do it. Just commit it to him. The greatest weapon that I know of, of a Christian today, is a committal to God. When you can't do nothing about it, just commit it to Him, and God will take care of it. Amen. Then he said, don't you believe that? I want to believe that. When you can't do nothing about it, just commit it to Him, and God will take care of it. God help us tonight on a Wednesday night. Dig down and commit. Just make that commitment and that release up to God. Now, a committed trust, I'm just taking it further now into trust, has to do with now that faith that God's putting in your heart. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing of the word. So now it's you taking the word and saying, God, I trust you. I trust that. I believe that. I have a conviction I have confidence in the Lord that he's going to take care of that. It means that you are trusting in. You're having confidence in someone. That means that you're confident. It's not a lack of humility, but it's knowing who you are and being bold to believe in who you are and knowing that you're secure. We're trusting in the Lord tonight. Now it's all over the global news about the virus that's in China. And many are trusting in a little mass. They're trusting in a little piece of paper that has a few holes or a little uh, air vent or something. Friends, we've got to trust in something greater than just a little mass. Our trust is in the Lord Jesus. It's more than our money. It's more than our health because our health, we might lose our health. It's more than our business. It's more than our education. It's trusting in God. I'm trusting in the Word. 
Satan's trying to yank out everything underneath the believer so that you lose your trust. You lose your commitment. But like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had made a personal choice to commit to God that wasn't connected to their peer group and all the hundreds and thousands of other uh, believers, Israelites that had come to Babylon. That, that They bowed. They bowed. They gave in to the pressure. Somehow they, they just passed it off and said it's not so bad. It's not so serious. But these men had conviction. And I pray God really drive that home to all of us at this season. Give us a committed trust. Where we are relying completely on someone else. Where we are totally given over to someone. If you're writing notes, that's really what the word trust means. It means to totally give over something to someone. My life is in your hands. My future is in your hands. I'm resting holy. I'm giving it up and it's a, my personal way. My choice is with the Lord. You say, brother John, these things are, are very basic. You know, you're speaking on the Wednesday night before winter camp. It's our greatest weapon. Our greatest weapon is when the individual begins to make a committal. I commit my way to the Lord. I trust in you, Lord. I give myself to you. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 32 together as we just have a few scriptures to fellowship around. 2 Chronicles chapter 32. Brother Andrew and his wife, Sister Katie Spencer, they arrive tomorrow. There's been preparation. The Lord already working in his heart, already dealing in his heart, already giving him inspiration, already laying on his heart what we have need of. But as we look in Second Chronicles 32, we see that there's in verse 1, this uh, king, Sennacherib, I think is his name, of Assyria, tried to encamp themselves against these cities and thought that he would win it for himself. Just like the devil. So when Hezekiah, which was the king, saw that Sennacherib was come and he was purposed to fight against Jerusalem. This is verse 3. He took counsel with his princes and his mighty men to stop the waters of the fountains which were without the city. And they did help him. And there was gathered much people together who stopped all the fountains and the brook that run through the midst of the land. And you can read about this. This is something Hezekiah was known for because they had to have the water. We have to have water for our people or we perish. And you can see in verse 5 that he strengthened himself and he built up a wall that was broken and raised it up to the towers and another wall without. And he made darts and shields in abundance. What was it? The king was preparing an offense. He was preparing for the enemies going to come in like a flood. But he was giving the people what they had need of to be victorious. Strengthened himself. And verse 6, he set captains of war over the people and gathered them together to him in the street of the gate of the city and spake comfortably to them. That word comfortably in this means from the heart to the heart. He was speaking 
words to the people as they were in a battle. He was wanting to convey comfort to their heart. Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed. For the king of Syria, nor for all the multitude that is with him. For there is more with us than with him. Praise the Lord. Friends, we're coming into the season. Our church is coming into the season. We can't just look at the enemy and describe the enemy. It's time to describe the word of God. How great is our God? Verse 8. This is the verse we wanted to emphasize. He's speaking, Hezekiah is speaking about the king. With him is an arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord our God. With him is an arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord our God. To help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. And I believe the bride of Christ is resting on the word of God. Speak words of strength to the people. Speak comforting words to them. That when the enemy comes in, that they know that God is with them. And it's also verse 8 is a warning because the enemy leans on the arm of flesh. And we're going to get into that scripture. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. The enemy's looking for the arm of flesh. And we've got to be careful too that we're not leaning on our flesh or leaning on the arm of flesh or on our charisma or on what, what we think is the right thing to do in the situation. We need the heart of God. And, and so in verse 8, we see the enemy leans on the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God. He is going to fight our battles. Praise God. If you want to look on down through the chapter, you can see in verse 21, and the Lord sent an angel. Verse 21, the Lord sent an angel. It's a messenger. Which cut off all the mighty men of valor and the leaders and the captains in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned with shame of face to his own land. And when he was coming to the house of his God, small g, small God, they that came forth of his own bowels slew him there with the sword. You can look through this chapter. The king had defied God. He had defied the armies of God. And he had shamed the people of God. And God had about had enough of that. So we see in verse 21, God sending an angel to destroy the valor and strength. They had put their, their, their faith in the arm of flesh. That is stinky to God. He hates the arm of flesh. Our strength is in the Lord tonight. And as we come into winter camp, as we come into these seasons of, of, of victory for us, it's time to lean on the Lord. Let's turn to Psalms chapter 20 here. Just have some scriptures and things to share that it might be a battle cry to us as we come into this time in Psalms chapter 20 verse 7. God give us a committed trust. Give us men and women that trust in the Lord. Psalms chapter 20, verse 7. Just along the same thought as 2 Chronicles. 
Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Amen. Some trust in chariots. Some put their confidence and they are secure in the chariots. That has to do with the team or the riders or whether it's a one chariot or whether it's a, the mini chariots or like troops of riders. Whether it's the horsemen, whether it's a pair of horsemen or men riding on camels or even asses. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. Brother Branham applied a, a horse, especially in the, in the uh, New Testament, to an anointing, to a power. And in the book of Ezekiel, Old and New Testament, some trust in chariots, some trust in an anointing or a force or a strong, something that's swift, a spirit that comes in, but then it goes right away. Some trust in those things. But I I believe that we're in the last group. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. You say, Brother John, what are you looking at tonight? I believe if you'd want to see a visual Uh, of the Holy Spirit tonight. He has a sword out and he's waving us on to victory. He's taking us forward in the name of the Lord. Take that mountain. Take that valley. Take that sickness. Take that personal issue in your life. It's time for you to take your greatest weapon, which is a committal. It's not a groupy thing. It's not a group sweep. It's now individuals, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How many would love to see the form of the fourth man just appear on the scene? Hallelujah! Just appear next to you. You say, we would love that, Brother John. He wants, he loves it even more. You say, I would love to see that happen. God wants to do it more. He's on the edge of a seat. He's on the edge of just wanting to pour himself out. Sometimes we think of a commitment and a trust as us to God. But God trusts you. God is committed to you. You are his victory. So if the bride or individuals or families or the church begins to go into an attitude or a certain area where they're in defeat or sliding in a negative, you are his victory. The reins of the Holy Spirit is going to pull that in by the word of God. He's tightening up the hatches. He's bringing inspirations. Praise God. Whether you're going to be at camp this year or you're sitting here Sunday morning, the word is our victory. And it leads the church. It guides the church. God has confidence in us that we're going to carry out his word. God trusts his body to move under his inspirations. Hallelujah. So some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. We see that today. People trusting in their political side or they're trusting in their finances or they're trusting in their strength and what they can do. And it's strong for a season. Then when it dies and goes away, they make their monuments and they make all of their, you know, social media blogs and they make all their things. And as time goes on, it'll be another idol. It'll be another small G.O.D. 
There'll be someone else holding their Oscars and holding their little statues. But in the bride of Christ, there's something that we remember. This is Psalms 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Can we look at that verse a little bit deeper? We will remember the name of the Lord our God. We will remember you. I put all of my stock in you, Lord. I'm remembering you. I'm recalling you to my mind. I'm bringing in the reinforcements of the accumulation of all that God has done in your life and the preparation and the love. This, this came into my heart during the prayer meeting. And it was just something uh, last Friday night as, as we were just in prayer. Brother Emmanuel Gindo was leading. Many times it's our attitude and our approach that determines the victory. And we need to think the right way. We need to be thinking the right way. We need to believe that we are cherished of the Lord. We are loved of the Lord. We are being cared for by the Lord. We are thought of highly by the Lord. But He is showing that through one another and people around us. You are loved by the body. Can you look around the room tonight a little bit? Look around the room to other committed, trusting believers. I I hope that our goal in life isn't to be untrustworthy. Or to be one of those that's going to fall by the wayside. No. When a person begins to sense that I am loved. I am cherished. I'm being cared for. I'm being thought about. I mean, some of our widows that have just recently become widows in the last few months. They were part of the prayer meeting. We prayed for the fatherless and the widows. We prayed for the camp as we've already spoken about those that are in direction or the camp, the counselors, the workers, those in the kitchen. I think it's wonderful to be part of a body that is invigorated. Do you all agree with that? Positive. That we're not eating up one another, but we're cherishing one another. We're building trust. We're committed to the Lord, but we're also committed to one another. That means I'm committed to waiting on God for your needs. Not just the ministry, but all of us. Together, we are willing to put our trust, not in the horses or in the chariots, but in the name of the Lord our God. That means we are acknowledging Him. We need Him. Can we admit that tonight? I I know this is real basic, real fundamental. We need the Lord. But we also need to be thankful And be mindful that when God begins to move or God begins to stir. As I as I read today, a revival doesn't mean to go out and get new members. A revival means to revive that what you've already got. This is Brother Branham saying this. So we're not going out on the streets of Vancouver and we're not trying to win the lost out there. A real revival... It's not new members to the church. 
It's, it's to revive what God has already placed among us. And to build a greater trust. And build a commitment to God and to one another. That we are going forward together. I think it's good at these seasons to kick out a skepticism. And looking down on one another. Or finding someone's hinder parts. Or finding where we disagree. Or we do things different. It's time to put our shoulder to the wheel. And create an atmosphere that's welcoming to the Holy Spirit. And I was thinking of that in the back room. Because I had that in my notes. Do you think that's good to create a positive atmosphere? For the Holy Spirit. But think about this. What about an atmosphere for someone else? That has a need. And we create an atmosphere. So they can fall into a channel. To receive what God has for them. I just think it's incredible. I, I think it's incredible. That what you have thought about this week. Or talked about this week. That God would bring that across the pulpit. Whatever these ministers have counseled other ones or maybe a father or mother has spoken to a young person or maybe a friend has said to someone else or texted to someone else that the Holy Spirit would come and repeat phrases and words and reinforce. I just think it's amazing. I think it's that is people that's walking in the spirit where spiritual men and women want to see more of that operating where we know it's not ourselves just fighting and going through our lives, but God is mindful of you. God knows the burdens. Hallelujah. Lord, help us to create an atmosphere that's welcoming to one another, to let God do what He desires to do. It's reflecting our trust in Christ. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 31. Another scripture, if you don't mind. I could have put these on the screen, but it's good to maybe turn to a few scriptures on Wednesday night. Isaiah 31, verse 1. Say, Brother John, we don't trust in horses or chariots. That's kind of old school, but people do trust in in their electronics. They trust in their GPS. They, they trust in their engine to get them from home to school to work or wherever. And if something doesn't start, they're upset about it. It's like, you, you were committed to get me. And they, you know, they'll pound on the hood and they'll kick the tires. And, and, and it's because it broke their trust. It's incredible. God will never break your trust. Let, let's look at Isaiah 31 verse 1. Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help. What a scripture. Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help. And stay on horses and trust in chariots. Because they are many. And in horsemen because they are very strong. But they look not unto the Holy One of Israel... Neither seek the Lord. In my Bible, there's an explanation mark. Is it, what about your Bible? Explanation. That means it was being said with a little bit of spirit and inspiration. He wasn't just whispering this. He, he was saying, woe to those that go down to Egypt. That's the world. Woe to the ones that are going to the world for your inspiration. 
for your anointing, for your strength. Woe to those. And woe to those that stay on horses and trust in chariots. Because they are many. Or you think because we've got a big group. And because there's a lot of people going in this certain direction. Don't make it right. Oh, they trust in their chariots and their horsemen. Because they are very strong. But they look not unto the Holy One of Israel. Neither seek the Lord. I think it's time for all of us to encourage one another. Turn to the Lord. Have you considered the Lord? Have you looked to the Holy One of Israel? Our security is in the Lord. Our confidence is in the Lord. Our trust is in the Lord. He makes us feel secure. He makes us feel safe. God is not careless with His Word. He's not just throwing it out there. He he puts it daily in our pathway. We read our Bibles. We pray every day. That's our connection to God. The greatest weapon we have tonight is a committal. Lord, I commit my life to you. My life is in your hands. You know, this thought came today as I was listening just for our lunchtime. I was listening to a message of Brother Branham and he was talking about every man that ever took God at his word. And every man that ever amounted to anything in the world was men who took God at his word. Down through the history of great men, you'll find out that they were men who trusted God. Then if it started that way, it went through the ages that way, it's going to end that way. Men and women that trust God, they're committed to God. In another message in Michigan, he said, you search through the scriptures and search through history and find out whoever it might be, just look at them. How they come out from among them things and they stood alone upon their convictions. God's servants. Sometimes even in your own family, you'll have to stand alone. Sometimes your mama and papa will disagree with you. Sometimes auntie and uncle. Sometimes your members will disagree with you. If God's word, you're standing on that, stay if you stand alone on God's word. I don't know what you're going through tonight. This might be just for you. If you're standing tonight on God's word, if you have to stand alone, God is there with you. Every man that ever amounted to a hill of beans stood on God's word with his testimony. That's right, because it's the only way to be to make the goal. Now, you know why this is so, you know, people would say so, uh, I forget the word, you know, it's so old today, vintage. It's so vintage. You say, oh, you just say these things because you're in church. You know, you're supposed to trust in God. Well, friends, they can put this on plaques. They put it in marble, in God we trust, but they don't trust the Lord. They put it on their money. They put it on billboards. They put it on the refrigerator. And when they walk out of their door, they don't trust the Lord. They say they pray. They say they're born again. I'm talking about leaders of nations. They pray. They're born again. They know God. And whoever they pray to or whoever their God is, isn't the same as your or mine. 
Because they show by their lives, they trust in chariots, they trust in horses, they trust in a lot of other things. But there is a people that is trusting in the Lord. In fact, tonight it would be good in our personal prayer life to say, God, in God we trust and we trust you, God. And, but I really want to trust you even when things are going bad. When I'm nervous, when I'm bound, when I really don't know what the Lord's going to do, I want to trust the Lord and just keep walking forward. That's the greatest weapon we have tonight is a committal. It's amazing. We, you know, for him to say every man that ever amounted to a hill of beans stood on God's word, people in the world would laugh at that. Because to them, it's a sports player or a movie star, something other than what we believe. They're trusting in other things. Brother Branham was in prayer in Jeffersonville. He said, oh God, let people know that this is not a mythical dream, but it's a truth. And God, the Holy Spirit, is here to bear record. His word down through the ages has stood of it, spoke of it. Let us look back and see and read our history. Any man that ever amounted to anything on earth are men, God-fearing men. Lord, we look back through the history. Today I was going back on my computer through the winter camps and the speakers and through pictures of the mountain and, and the snow and the videos and, and the different meetings. And it's like pregnated on our minds. The different winter camps, how God has met our young people. We're so grateful. It's at times like this that you commit to God, that God wants to commit back to you. Let's turn to Psalms 37. Now in the service tonight, whether you realize what's happening or not, God is pronouncing a blessing on you. God is pronouncing victory for you. Amen. Amen. Friends, when I'm sick, I want somebody to pray for me that's got some faith. Hallelujah. Brother Michael Ray read that quote, the last service. He spoke, if we would pray for someone tonight and believe in divine healing and and 10,000 would pass away, what am I going to be doing the next night? I'm going to be there standing, believing, preaching God's a healer. Do we believe that tonight? Or or is that just a nice quote of someone or they put it on a screen? No, 10,000. And and we sometimes in our little world, our little community have this happen or that happen. Maybe you can count to five things happening bad or ten or a hundred. A prophet said 10,000. He would pray for them. And they would die or pass away. He said the very next night. I'd be standing there preaching divine healing. And the power of Jesus Christ. Now that's a man that trusted in God. He was committed. God's looking for men and women today that are that committed. Psalms 37 verse 1. As this blessing continues to come now. From the Holy Spirit. A Psalm of David in verse 1. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. I'm coming to something before we close. I want you to listen real close to verse 1 because it comes up again in verse 7 about not fretting. Don't fret. Don't be anxious and nervous and upset. 
Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious or jealous against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord. Verse 3. What a scripture for us tonight on a committed trust. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself or get happy. Get excited. Make this the thing that makes you really thrill. Delight thyself also in the Lord. And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Friends, if I could encourage every person tonight, if there's been something bad happen in your past, you need to let that be in the past. And you need to not let that make your heart bitter. Go on serving God. Just let that be a lesson and go on and serve the Lord. Verse 5 is another verse I highlighted. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Commit. That's our subject tonight in our text. Commit thy way into the Lord. Trust also in Him. And He shall bring it to pass. I highlighted that in red. Commit thy way into the Lord. Trust also in Him and He shall bring it to pass. It's nothing but the truth. Just put, just let the Lord nail that down in your heart tonight. If you serve the Lord, it will be well with you. Verse 6. We only have verse 6 and 7. But verse 6 says, He shall bring forth thy righteousness, thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noon day. Rest in the Lord. Can, can we say, don't rest in chariots and horses and the anointing of the world. Don't rest your mind and rest your head in the lap of someone that is going to twist you and destroy you later. Rest in the Lord. And wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself. Because of him that prospereth in his way. Because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Now, verse 7 and verse 1 of Psalms 37 uses the words, fret not thyself. It's one of the greatest enemies of trust and a commitment to Christ. Is when a believer begins to fret and get anxious and nervous and upset because of what you see or what you feel or what's happening in your body or in your spirit and you begin to move off of your foundation of trust. I hope this helps someone tonight. David is saying, it's a Psalm of David, don't be anxious. He was a shepherd. He, it was his duty to watch out for sheep where the, the foxes and the lions come in to take their lives He was the shepherd. And he laid down at the door. It it should give the sheep a lot of strength to know that the Lord Jesus is saying, don't be anxious. Don't be nervous and upset. Amen. Amen. It goes on to say, though, this. 
Fretting not means to don't be hot and furious and burn and become angry. Now, this has to do with the carnal nature. A person gets angry and kindled to burn and upset and incensed. They are just, they're heating themselves with vexation. The Bible is saying, don't let that happen to you. That's good counsel for us tonight. In fact, in Chicago, Brother Branham said, here was one point that I wish to stress on for a few minutes. That is, concerning believers hooking themselves up with unbelievers. Why? It doesn't work. God isn't pleased with it. Not just in marriage, but in business, but in your friendships, but in, in, in your intimacy. And that was a whole nother service that I left at home and I didn't want to speak on. But intimacy and communication is an outflow of trust and committal. If, if, if you're not committed, if you haven't shown trust, you won't have intimacy. And that's where communication is broken. We see it globally today with all the texting and social media, email. It takes away the face to face. If you don't have trust, if you don't have a committal from both parties, that's where trouble comes in. And then people wonder why there's not intimacy or communication in friendships and in marriage. And even in the church environment, trust has been broken. So Brother Branham is saying concerning believers hooking themselves with, up with unbelievers, it doesn't work. God isn't pleased with it. God has said, come out from among the unbelief. Don't associate night and day. Neither can you associate belief and unbelief together. They won't be yoked up together and go in the same direction. Tonight and, and for this weekend, you've got to leave one to take the other. To commit to one means you're saying no to the other. When you find unbelief, he said, this is carrying on with this. If just somebody's just hanging kind of in the wings and you're just kind of on the surface, you just, well, I'm just going through the motions. I just feel like the fog is all around my heart, Brother John. Here's Brother Branham describing night and day and how you can associate belief and unbelief together. When you find unbelief, it's accompanied by hatred. I'm, I'm quoting from a prophet that is trying to give us good gospels tonight. Hatred accompanies unbelief. He said, if you find faith, it's accompanied by love. For love creates faith. Without faith, you can't have love. Then I say, God, give us more faith. Give us more of your love. God bless you tonight. It's a... The word of God is true. Amen. And maybe um, after camp or in another service, I, I want to speak on, on something and just because last week we were just dealing with it with a certain believer and f realizing more and more it's even come among us. It has something to do with what they call in the world PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's become more of a common phrase recently. 
But when you see the trauma of certain events Satan tries to do to even believers, dramatic events that happen to believers. And we could talk about the world, but we just talk about believers and how Satan comes in to to bring disorder and cause stress over something that happens in a person's life. And it causes trauma and, and stressful situations. The Lord has the answer for that. And you see it whether you talk about it, uh, medical trauma or you talk about childhood things that's happened in a person's past. It's all through the message. You can look back through Brother Branham under discernment and you talk about a, a, a woman and how she was chased by a dog and it's causing issues or someone fell down a well or he talks and many of you know of many other quotes. Brother Branham under discernment talks about people having stomach issues and he say it's nervousness that was caused by this. So they put a word to it called today called PTSD and it's and it has to do with a lot of things. About things that's happened in a person's life. Maybe accidents or traumatic events. I'm just gleaning through this quickly. To let you know that God has the answer for that in the word of God. And the world would lean on alcohol and drugs to to be the answer. And all kinds of eating disorders and even suicidal thoughts and action and depression and anxiety. It's nothing but the devil to throw that onto a person's life. It's good for the Holy Spirit to expose that thing. And for the delivering angel to come by our way. And dig deep down into the life of a person and say, that's a spirit trying to break trust and make you uncommitted, uncommitted to God. And they just feel numb to life and numb to spiritual things. But I pray this weekend and even in the coming days that God would break that among us. It's not psychology. It's the word coming down, even dealing with relationships and how people think and dealing with their their spirit and mind. And maybe we'll close with that last scripture in Thessalonians. If you'd like to turn to it, it's our last scripture tonight. First Thessalonians chapter five. We'll end tonight's service speaking. Let Paul speak to us. I just love the word of God. Commit our way into the Lord and trust in him. First Thessalonians chapter five. Verse 18. These are our last verses tonight. To launch us out there. You remember Brother Branham saying, I preached what Paul preached. You remember that. Well, Paul have to give in an answer. Well, now we're saying what he said. We're saying what the prophet said. God vindicated the prophet. God is going to vindicate the bride. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're here to encourage you in closing tonight. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18. Paul said in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God In Christ Jesus concerning you. So I will do that Lord. Verse 19. Quench not the spirit. Don't try to hold it back. Don't keep saying no. Don't be resisting. Quench not the spirit. Verse 20. Despise not prophesying. 
And we're going to hear that in the next few days. Even your Sunday service here in Cloverdale. I believe the ministry. God is now speaking through His Word. It's thus saith the Lord. Just grab a hold of those thoughts of God and say, that's my typos. Don't despise them. Verse 21, prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. This is the emphasis as we close. And I pray God, and I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body will be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What a prayer! He included all of us. Soul, spirit, and body. He included. I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. These are powerful prayers. Faithful. Our last verse. 24. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. What a confidence we have in the Lord Jesus tonight. And maybe as our musicians come, someone's confidence has been broken down. Or maybe you're just starting out in your Christian walk. Or maybe you you need the Lord to restore your trust and restore so that your heart can get back up on the road. We pray tonight. That your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Trust in the Lord. Make a commitment to the Lord. He's not a con man. He's not someone that's going to promise you a millennium and a future home. Then when it's all been said and done, you don't have nothing. God is a God That says, I want you there and I want your offspring with you. Hallelujah. Maybe we'll read that in another another, uh, service. But that's Isaiah 65 verse 23. You're going to be there. This is the millennium and the future home chapters of Isaiah. It's a promise. You're going to be there and your offspring with you. Hallelujah. That, we trust in God. Our commitment is in the word of God. And he's not going to fail us. Let's stand tonight and sing that song, My Hope is in the Lord. I believe it's 1085, Brother Anthony. And let's sing this song as an anthem before we go. Looking forward to what the Lord has for this winter camp and this weekend. May God bless each one of you and As we sing this song, and especially the verse that says those that put their trust in him will find their hearts at rest. It's just on the screen here. That's why we chose this song. Those that put their trust in the Lord. May your hearts be at rest. No fretting. 
No anxiety, no trouble, no anger. The Lord's anointing now His nature in your life by filling you with the Holy Ghost. So let's sing this song with a loud voice of, Lord, we're trusting in you. We love you, Lord. Confirm your word now as we approach this season. We'll start with verse 1, brothers and sisters. I stand in awe. So just our final words. Remember spiritual amnesia gets on soldiers. And he said, when he was speaking about spiritual amnesia, you forget and you lose your Christian balance. And you can't tell where you belong. I'm, I'm coming out of the... The, the thought of PTSD and people that's gone through things. They lose their balance. They, they can't tell where they belong. And, and he said, the, the disease sign is showing on you that you've got some spiritual amnesia. And he talked about the soldiers in the army that had that amnesia from the shock and the battle. And they would let these people go on the train. You remember this. No hope for them. Maybe one or two come out of it, caught it. And they took the rest of them and they were going to take them to a sanitarium where they'd have to stay the rest of their lives. But they were going up the hillside, a train pulling, and they stopped at a station and they let the boys get out and stretch their legs. Maybe this weekend will be some times for our young people to stretch their legs. We can speak with them a little bit. They can speak with us. and We can be Jesus to someone. Let them walk around and stretch their legs from a little bit of walking through the fire. But watch now this train. It stopped at a certain station and they let them get out. And the guards went out on the hill to watch them because they had amnesia. They had to watch them. And they watched one young fella. He got out and began to look around at the water tank. Looked over around the hill. And he rubbed his face and he began to study. And he looked again and he seen that water tank. And he looked all around the station and started walking. And instead of the guard stopping him, he followed him. And he went up over a hill and down a little path, turned to the right and went on up over a little hill and came to a little log cabin and he looked and coming out on the porch was an old man with a cane in his hand he come out and threw his arms around him and said my son I knowed you would return they told me you were dead but I knowed you would return and the boy came to himself his amnesia left him he could identify who he was he knew that was his father So tonight as we go, in prayer and preparation, I said, Lord, take us up a certain hillside. Let the train stop at a certain station. Or some young lady, some young man, maybe it's even a worker, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a grandparent, maybe it's going to be here on Sunday. Different atmosphere, different type of meeting what's in our heart is that the Lord would allow that water tank that's been standing there all the time for the person to come to themselves and say 
I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. And for all that sickness, all that disease, all that spiritual fog. Someone just spoke to me in the last couple weeks and said, the fog has been clearing away. I just say, praise God, that is a miracle. The fog's clearing away. They can see it. Heavenly Father, thank you for these sacred sands and sacred times. We can enjoy one another and enjoy you. We can come to the table and hear words of life that will carry us not just through the week, but will carry us for eternity. And we pray as Paul for one another, for one another, for their soul's condition. We're concerned. We're burdened for one another's soul condition. And for their spirit, Lord, that they be whole in their spirit. Brothers and sisters, young and old, that they be whole in their spirit, thinking the right way. How we thank you, God, for changing our hearts and our minds that we can tonight believe we are cherished, we are loved, we are accepted. Not just in the beloved with you, but with one another. We have a body, we have a family, we have one another. And also, Lord, in our bodies. And I know there's needs in our assembly and there's needs on the internet and for strength to be added into bodies, spirits, and souls. And we pray for one another and we step in and we step up and we want to be willing, Lord, to receive not the anointing of chariots and horses, but of you, Lord Jesus. We remember you in this season. We remember your people and we pray that you'd go with us now. Pray that you would go with all of us in these next few hours and days. That it would bring glory to God. And the revival that Brother Branham spoke about. Not just new members. But a stirring of those that are with us and among us. We pray for the Holy Ghost now to bring direction and leadership. And just the atmosphere to be right. And now as many prepare themselves and to go. And even work is beginning even at this moment. We'll continue on. May you, Lord, get inside of all of us. Fill us with the Holy Ghost. Heal our bodies. Touch our minds, our spirits, and soul. We'll be blameless until you're coming. We commit the assembly to you, individuals, and hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. And we all said, God bless you tonight. And just be mindful of one another's needs. And Friday, I believe it's at 5 o'clock is for those that will be coming to the camp. And Sunday morning here at the church, 10.30 will be the service here at Cloverdale Bible Way for those that won't be at the camp. I think it's going to be a wonderful weekend. God bless all of you. No internet. One service on Sunday. (laughs) All right. uh, Got some announcements. Only one service on Sunday. And there's not going to be no internet streaming from either location. So you want to be somewhere on Sunday morning. Amen. Be in the presence of God. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord. And God bless you.